Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. This is Kelly Dean from the Tummy Team, and this episode of the Tummy Team Journey podcast is going to be talking about fully understanding diastasis recti. So the Tummy Team specializes in functional core rehab. I'm a physical therapist, and one of the components of functional core rehab is a condition called diastasis recti. It's quite the mouthful, and this condition is pretty common, but very underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed. And when people get diagnosed with this condition, they often um, run to the internet and they get immediately discouraged and overwhelmed by the lack of information, the contradictory component of the information, um, a lot of negative information out there. And the reason that I want to do this particular episode is to really shed some light on what we do know about diastasis. And, you know, if you've listened to my story, you know that part of the reason I started the tummy team was that I had a pretty significant diastasis, which we're going to define in just a second. And um, there was not really a lot of help available for me. And on my own personal journey to kind of figure out what was really going on with my body. That is how the tummy team evolved and um, why we do what we do today. So we're going to give you some good information today. And I think that it's going to feel very um, hopeful and empowering. And we really encourage you to share this information with anybody and everybody that you think might benefit from it. So first off, let's let's talk about diastasis recti. It is the the word is a mouthful and I wish I wish 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 it was a different word. Um, but basically diastasis means a stretching or a separation. It's a it's a Latin word and recti is referring to the rectus abdominis which is the abdominal wall that everybody thinks of as your six pack. It's the two sides of the the outermost abdominal wall that run right down the center of your torso from your sternum to your pubic bone. That's the rectus abdominis. So a separation of the rectus abdominis. But it's a little bit more than that. Basically, if you can right now envision a picture of like a muscle man, anatomy muscle man that you maybe have seen like in a massage therapy office or at a doctor's office or something like that, where you see all the muscles, there's no skin on this guy, and then you see a white line that runs down the middle of the abdominals. That white line that runs down the middle of the abdominals is connective tissue. It's called the linea albia. And that connective tissue um, holds the right and left side of the abdominal wall together. So the abdominals are like the only muscles in your body that really have connective tissue that run right down the middle of it. So you have three layers of your abdominals. You have your outermost abdominals, that kind of crunch muscle. You have your obliques, which is the middle, which kind of come in at angles. And then you have a corset that wraps around your body 
basically like a corset from your spine all the way around the sides, all three layers of these connect to that white line that you're envisioning down the middle of your tummy. So that connective tissue that runs down the center of the abdominal wall, when, if it stretches excessively and it goes from what should be like a thick, um, almost like silly putty um, consistency to more of a thin, stretched out consistency, more like maybe uh, cellophane or saran wrap, then that stretching is actually a separation of the abdominal wall. It's not a tear, but it's taking the integrity of that connective tissue and stretching it out. And what that does is it limits the support that the abdominals are able to give you. And it presents looking a lot of different ways. For some people, it looks like you have a, a trench down the center of your belly where you have like a real significant gap between the right and the left side that you can see easily. For other people, it looks like you're perpetually pregnant when you're not because if you think that connective tissue is not quite as strong, so it allows all of your organs and abdominal fat and belly stuff kind of to push out and kind of in a little pocket so it can bulge out that way it also can look like um kind of like a tenting or a doming or like a football sticking out of your stomach if you go to do a sit-up or try to get out of bed or if you cough you can see your stomach push out in a kind of a bulge that those are all ways that it can present but diastasis can also be a little bit more of a silent diagnosis where it doesn't really obviously present in any of those ways, but instead you have kind of this deflated abdominal wall where everything kind of feels weak and thin and you struggle with maybe some other issues like low back pain or upper back pain or pelvic instability, sciatica, SI joint dysfunction, or intestinal tract problems, constipation, or painful um, intestinal tract stuff, or pelvic floor stuff. And what we can kind of combine all of those symptoms together under an umbrella of what we call functional core weakness. So your core is not um, strong enough to do what it's meant to function as, which is a support system for your spine and your organs. And if the abdominal wall is not doing that job, that causes a lot of problems. So diastasis recti is that stretching separation that happens down the middle of the tummy, but it presents in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And maybe that has something to do with the confusing information out there. But I think it might be more than that. Um, what causes this condition is basically repetitive, forceful forward pressure on the linea albia, that connective tissue that runs down the center. So that pressure could be pregnancy, like a growing uterus pushing out. It could be chronic constipation where your stomach is distended, but then you're also doing a lot of kind of holding your breath and bearing down and kind of grunting that pushes out. Also, traditional abdominal exercises that you might think of are that are best for you, like crunches and sit-ups, 
actually, when you do a cruncher sit up, your stomach bulges, right? It pushes out. So that, that moving of your pelvis and rib cage into that kind of curled position causes inner abdominal pressure that pushes out on your abdominal wall. And that puts negative um, force on that connective tissue. Um, even planks or um, holding your breath and bracing or when you're lifting or when you're doing weight training can cause um, that pushing out. If your pelvis and rib cage aren't in a great alignment and your body is straining with breath holding and bearing down, that all uses pressure inside your abdominal wall to push out on that connective tissue. And what happens is over time, that pressure causes micro tears in that connective tissue. And that combined with some other factors put people in a susceptible situation for it to really stretch out. And now we have this bulgy tummy and poor support for your spine and your organs. Okay. So if it's so common, like it's really actually pretty common. Um, if it's so common, why don't people know about it? Why isn't this really a commonly heard of thing like low back pain or like sciatica? Um, and I think there's a couple reasons for that. I think first of all, um, it's underdiagnosed um, because traditionally there hasn't been a great treatment plan for this condition. Um, most PT schools do not teach anything about uh, repairing the abdominal wall um, or treating diastasis recti. Most uh, chiropractic schools do not. Most exercise physiology programs do not. Doctors um, prop don't really have a great treatment plan. They might recommend surgery, which we'll talk about in a minute, but there's not been a great uh, history of physical therapists doing well treating this condition. So it kind of gets overlooked. Um, and I think some of the pain and symptoms related to it seem like they could be related to any number of things. So if you don't put connect all the dots, you don't see that this is actually all components of the same issue. And so I think that that's part of it. Um, but we're trying to change that because it's absolutely treatable. This is... Um, this is what we do all day long. And if you've been listening to the Tummy Team Journey, you've heard story after story about how we've impacted not just their core, but how the core strength has impacted their entire life. And that's what we're passionate about. And that's why I'm doing these educational um, components to the podcast so that you guys can know more about what's going on with your body. So there are specific people that tend to get this more than other people. Although I feel like anybody can get it. I've worked with children. I have worked with um, people that have never had a baby. I've worked with men, women of all ages and all different body types, all different conditions. But there are some common, um, common things that we see with our our clients. So I would say it's very common in prenatal and postpartum women. Um, not exclusive to them, which you might think when you do the research, but it's very common in prenatal and postpartum women. And part of it is the growing of the uterus, right? Because it puts a lot of pressure in a short amount of time on that connective tissue. But the other component there is that the hormones that um, are in our body when we're pregnant 
cause connective tissue, um, joints, ligaments um, to stretch to make room for the baby and to make room in the birth canal for the baby to come out. So there's increased laxity in some of the connective tissue and then that combined with the belly expanding. And then if you put in there also, it's very common for pregnant women to have constipation and be bearing down and how they're taught to push during labor where it's a lot of holding your breath and bearing down. These are also things that are gonna push out excessively. And if you have have repetitive pregnancies and you haven't allowed the connective tissue to heal before you ask it to stretch again, that can cause ongoing problems. And then also just some of the poor postures that we are in over and over again with newborn care and parenting postures all contributes. So it, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle um, that make that connective tissue more susceptible um, during pregnancy and around pregnant women. And probably historically, most of our treatment has been geared to that kind of demographic. However, the other demographic that seems to be very prevalent with diastasis recti is men, often between the ages of 50 and 75. And what we're seeing in this is there may be, there may be a, a hormonal component because some things happen to testosterone at that time that affects muscle mass. Um, but there is definitely a muscle imbalance between the internal core muscles and the external core muscles. And men become a little bit more sedentary in that part of their life but still in their mind feel strong enough to do some of the physical actions that they did when they were actually more stronger and more had more balanced muscles. And so what happens is they use strategies of holding their breath, kind of heaving and grunting and pushing out when they go to lift something or go to swing a golf club or um, go to get in and out of bed or move a little bit. And that um, muscle imbalance really is um, exploited and the connective tissue pushes out and there's a bulging that happens in the abdominal wall that is unexpected and then kind of starts to push their belly out all the time. So we work with a lot of men that have, and they don't have to be in that 50 to 75, but that seems to be the most common demographic that we're currently seeing. And we're still trying to understand more about it because I think the tummy team is one of the few programs that actually works exclusively or specifically with men um, and what the unique symptoms that men have that are different than the female body. Um, but we also see this in athletes. Um, sometimes athletes tend to over or focus on overdevelopment of the external muscles of the core, like lots of crunches and planks and really overdeveloping the rectus abdominis and maybe even the obliques. But don't consistently work on the internal stabilization of the of the transverse abdominis, that corset muscle. And as a result, they also start to maybe do a lot of heavy weightlifting or a lot of heavy straining and they push out instead of pull in. And so we can see that separation in athletes as well. Um, like I said, I've seen children, I've seen women that have never had kids. Um, there's a lot of other factors, but there's a couple of key things that maybe make it a little bit more sense. So when you're kind of researching this, if you don't fall into one of those demographics, 
that's okay. You know, it's just because you don't fall into the most obvious groups. If you have some of these symptoms, then you can be treated no matter, you know, what age you are, what gender you are, or what your medical history is. There's a lot of things that can be done to help correct this issue. Um, there's a ton of misunderstandings about diastasis. And I think before I go more into what we have learned and how we treat it, I think it's important to kind of maybe address some of the things that most people um, ask us about or have been told. And even I was told in the early processes of learning about diastasis recti. The first thing is it's not simply a cosmetic issue. Um, I feel like that really shuts people down a lot, that this is just a cosmetic issue. Your tummy doesn't look the way you want it to. Um, sorry, that's just what happens. I feel like that's pretty unfair because if you think about what the core muscles were designed to do in our body, they're designed to actually support your spine, connect your pelvis and your rib cage together, house and protect your organs and support them in optimal positions and give your body stability so your arms and legs can move freely. So that's what your core is supposed to do. If you have a big separation in the middle of that group of muscles and the muscles cannot effectively come together, then it is going to affect all of those things. And that is not a cosmetic issue. That is a medical issue. Um, and this is going to affect your entire life, not just how you look, although that is a component for people, but it's not just about that. So don't allow um, that term that this is just a cosmetic issue to derail you from getting care because that's not that's not accurate and it's not fair. Okay, the second thing um, that is often said is this is normal. It's normal. It happens to everyone. And even when I describe what happens in pregnancy, people are like, well, obviously the connective tissue is there to allow for that expanding of the, preg of the pregnant belly. So it must mean that that's supposed to happen. And I agree the connective tissue is there to allow for the abdominal wall to expand to make room for a growing baby. Um, but how much? And and is it supposed to come back? And how much stretching is too much? And really looking at like, just because it's it has the capacity to stretch, some should it just stretch as far as it possibly can and never be repaired afterwards. You know, and one of the things we say all the time here is that, you know, common and normal are not the same thing. Like we could say it's super common to get a concussion in cheerleading. That does not mean that it's normal, and it does not mean that we don't look for ways to prevent it or minimize the risk of it or treat it when it does occur. So just because this is very common and that there are certain conditions that make it you more at risk for it does not mean that we can't look for ways and implement ways to prevent it, minimize it, and treat it, okay? So common and normal are not the same thing, so don't let that derail you. Um, surgery is not the answer. That's the next thing I want to talk about. Um, a lot of times, because um, people go to the doctor and the doctor does do not know exactly how to help them with any kind of rehab, so they say, well, we could do a, a surgery because that's what they're familiar with. They're familiar with surgeries. Um, so a surgery for this condition is um, rarely effective. Sometimes people will do it, but you have to understand the, the 
abdominal wall, for you to have a diastasis, you have to have a muscle imbalance and you have to have some functional core weakness connected to it. Diastasis doesn't just happen alone. There's almost always functional core weakness that's happening as well and a disconnect to those muscles. So if we go in and now uh, have a surgery, we're causing another form of kind of trauma to the abdominal wall right? Because you're cutting in and you're cutting the muscles and then you're sewing something in. You're either trying to sew the muscles back together, which now you have stitches in place, or you're putting a patch. And a patch will help your organs to not push out. But the patch actually at times can hold the two sides of the abdominals apart and not let them come together. The theory is that your muscles will grow into the patch and kind of have a stronger a stronger support in the middle. Um, that does not consistently happen. Um, most people do not like the, their bodies do not like what the mesh or the patch is made of. And it kind of holds the two sides apart. Um, surgery does not ever make a muscle stronger. It might reinforce a structure, but it doesn't make you more connected or stronger with your muscles. And it's usually another um, pretty invasive procedure. And it's not an option for a lot of people. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, women want to have another baby and having um, an abdominal surgery in the middle of their childbearing years is not very um, appropriate. And um, my older clients that are in their 60s and 70s, having an abdominal surgery is a big deal. So it's that's not really... Uh, the only solution. And I don't feel like it's consistently a good solution. And most doctors will tell you it's not the best option, but it's the only option they have. So they try to give you some solution because doctors like to help people and they want to give you options. So um, the other thing that people will often say is, um, can I treat this during pregnancy or is there any point in even treating this when I'm pregnant or if I know I'm going to get pregnant again because my stomach's just going to stretch out again? Um, so obviously the hormones, the pressure on the abdominal muscle of the core, all of that are going to be affected with pregnancy. But yes, you can still treat this during pregnancy. The function and strength of your core is essential for you to have a strong pregnancy. The core muscles support your back, your spine, the baby, your pelvis, um, and they help you to feel strong and active throughout the birth or pregnancy, throughout delivery. They're really key to supporting the uterus for pushing, and the coordination between the core and pelvic floor that we go over is essential for pushing to not have damage to your pelvic floor, to not have excessive damage to your core during delivery and it's going the muscles strengthening the muscles reinforce even though the connective tissue is vulnerable the muscles can get stronger even in the midst of pregnancy and postpartum you need strength to carry a baby around you need strength to live on minimal food and minimal sleep to take care of your family so Working on this during pregnancy is really actually very important. It can minimize or prevent the diastasis altogether, and it can absolutely help you have a better birth and birth recovery. Um, and then the last like misunderstanding, I think, is that people will say, well, I've had this for a long time. It probably can't be fixed. 
There's no timeline on healing your diastasis. If you've had this for 20 years, we can still heal it. We are retraining your core when we are healing. We're retraining muscles and building muscles. And you can build muscle all the way up into your 80s and 90s and 100s. So you can still build muscle and you can still retrain how that muscle works. And then it puts the connective tissue in a position where it can um, heal and kind of, we call it revascularization, which means that it increases blood flow and it starts to strengthen the connective tissue there. And that's absolutely possible. And it doesn't matter if it has been years and years. Often I'll have a, a mom that said, oh, I've had it for three years. I was like, oh, three years is nothing. <laughs> We've worked with people that have had it for 35 years, you know? Um, so don't feel like there's a timeline on it. Sometimes people feel like, gosh, I have so much going on in my life. I cannot focus focus on that. That's okay. Come when you're ready to focus on it. It's not going to be as hard as you think it is. Um, but it does take, you know, some of your attention and we want you to be prepared for that. So that leads us into what is the process? Can it really be healed and how long does it take? Okay. So most of us, when we're feeling like there's something wrong with our body or we're, um, feeling like there. They're, it's weak or it's not doing its job, we do one of two things. We either go to the doctor because we're concerned that there's some medical problem or we turn to fitness and we try to strengthen ourselves. And so sometimes going to the doctor is a little discouraging because they'll tell you some of the stuff we've already talked about that, you know, this is normal, it's cosmetic, there's no real treatment. That's really discouraging. Um, and then people that go to fitness um, because maybe fitness is how they've got, gained strength in the past, um, might get discouraged because sometimes fitness um, can contribute to a diastasis when, when you're already dealing with a muscle imbalance and some disconnect to the right muscles. So you need rehab, not fitness. Rehab first, and then we transition you into fitness. We want um, you to balance out those muscles and to get reconnected to how your body was designed and kind of helping you be in optimal alignments and movement patterns so that your core actually starts to heal on its own. All right. Um, so our process um, is too long for me to talk about right now, but I'm going to give you like an overview of the tummy team approach and our process. And, you know, it all starts with education and awareness. Um, I think it's important for you to understand how your body is designed, how the abdominal muscles work, um, how muscle builds, what um, posture and alignment does to your muscles, all of that stuff. So we do a lot of education. We also want you to be aware of things that you might be doing that were inadvertently pushing out on your tummy and causing the diastasis or keeping it from healing on its own. Okay, because it can heal. Um, and often if we can just set up the environment for it to heal, your body has an incredible capacity to heal. So we want to encourage that. We want to encourage and promote the healing process. So then we talk a lot about um, alignment. Um, your core muscles are postural muscles, respiratory muscles, and structural muscles. Um, those are what they're designed to do primarily. Okay, so posture plays a role. 
you have to be in an optimal alignment for any muscle to do the job that it's supposed to. If I was walking around on the side of my foot all day, there would be some serious problems with my leg muscles, right? So a lot of people don't realize that how you're sitting and standing, how you're caring for your family, how you're working at your desk, how you're driving your car is all setting you up for either success or failure in how your core muscles um, have the opportunity to work throughout the day. Your body is a use it or lose it system. So the more you use a muscle, the stronger it is. The more you neglect it, the weaker and more atrophied it becomes. Um, if you're in poor sitting, standing um, positions all day long, then it can turn off the ability for you to even access your core, internal core muscles and they get weaker and thinner, weaker and thinner, and then your body is forced to compensate with other muscle patterns, um, upper body, glutes, hamstrings, um, low back muscles, um, even jaw muscles, um, pelvic floor muscles. So your body has to find a way to stabilize you and it will try to recruit another pattern that is less ideal and kind of sabotages your body from using those muscles to do what they were actually designed for. So if my glutes are focusing on stabilizing my core, then when I try to extend my leg, they're not able to do that very effectively. Okay, so we work on um, retraining your alignment, retraining your connection to your internal core muscles that has a lot to do with your breathing and your posture and feeling things in your core to elongate your body. And then we really work on integrating that into as many functional things as you do. How you sit, how you stand, how you lift, how you exercise, how you go to the bathroom. And then we start to reinforce that and reinforce that through a series of step-by-step -step strategies for you to implement in your real life world. And by doing that, the right and the left side of the core um, starts to come together and the connective tissue is no longer pressed in to a stretched position. Um, it actually starts to overlap and kind of bunch up together, allowing the blood flow to go between the two sides very easily and blood flow brings in nutrients and helps to rebuild tissues. So by increasing the blood flow to the connective tissue, increasing the tension of the abdominals in an effective way where it pulls in and pulls together for support, then it reinforces the structures there. And that excessive connective tissue um, absorbs and restructures and becomes stronger again. Okay. So how long does it take? It depends on how a lot of factors, a lot of personal factors. Um, it, it, um, if you have a severe diastasis, three, four, five, six finger wide separation, um, it's going to take longer. If your connective tissue is very thin, um, it's going to take a little bit longer. If you have a lot of um, compensation strategies that we have to retrain, that's a factor. If you um, have had back-to-back -back pregnancies, you're still nursing, you're currently pregnant, you're currently early postpartum, the um, uh, hormone, imbalance there are hormone fluctuations that increase laxity that's a factor if you're not getting very much sleep you're very stressed out you have a lot of um, stress in your life cortisol is a factor um, in how your body heals nutrition sleep rest are all factors so it's hard for us to say but our programs are six and eight weeks long and those give you the foundational information uh, the foundational kind of 
stepping stools and support system to set you on the healing path. A lot of our clients heal significantly in that time, but we do not imply that your healing ends at six or eight weeks. We give you the strategies for your body to continue to gain strength over years and years and years to and and continue to support the integrity of that connective tissue on your of your abdominal wall. So this doesn't recur. And not only do you heal this problem, but you have a newfound strength that's going to impact everything else you do. Um, and that's what you hear when you hear some of our our testimonies and our journey. Um, podcast and you know on our website and our reviews and things that people say um, after they've worked with us they it's far more than just you know treating this condition it is um, really understanding how your body is um, optimally designed to work and helping it do that and that's what we do um, so like in in on average somebody that has a three finger wide diastasis We'll close it um, down to like a one in shallow, which is what we considered healed. Um, one finger in shallow between the right and left side. Um, and they often can close a three finger wide diastasis in the eight week time, sometimes earlier than that. Um, there are sometimes it takes longer if there's other factors going on, but that's pretty common what we see. And three fingers separation is probably the most common dia uh, diastasis we see. Um, Okay, so you might be thinking, well, gosh, how do I even know if I have this? So we did another podcast about uh, an honest self-assessment um, a few weeks back that I think would be really good for you to, if you're curious what's going on with your body, gosh, that's a great, that's a great inventory of how you can really understand what you're feeling. You can also go to the tummyteam.com and we have a video on how you can check yourself for a diastasis. Um, and then we also have on our YouTube channel how you can check yourself for a diastasis. It's a self-test that's um, fairly effective and you can get a good baseline and kind of check how you're doing along the way. We do um, I try not to encourage people to do a lot of poking around in that area because it's vulnerable and we're trying to heal it and we don't want to beat it up and bruise it and cause more trauma to a really weakened area. So we do um, instruct you in some abdominal massage and other things throughout your course, but um, be careful that you're not too aggressive in there when you're doing your check. So those are the best ways for you to find out um, is to look at our website um, or to go to our YouTube channel. We have um, multiple different videos um, for men, women, pregnant women on how to check a diastasis. Okay, the, the next couple things I just want to cover before we finish up is one is a very common question. Um, what's the difference between a diastasis and a hernia? Um, and specifically maybe talking about umbilical hernias. So, so uh, the, the technical uh, definition of a hernia is anything that bulges from one area to an area it doesn't belong. Um, and so in a way, a diastasis can kind of be a hernia where, you know, maybe your organs are pushing out into an area that they're supposed to stay more in the abdominal cavity. Um, but, but medically, um, a hernia is when there is a tear that needs to be surgically repaired. So if the connective tissue of the diastasis becomes very thin and there's a lot of pressure, it can tear. And then that becomes a hernia where, where um, organs can bulge out and push through or abdominal um, 
you know, adipose tissue, fat tissue can push out um, through that hole. And um, that is the, the biggest difference. It's very common for people to think they have a hernia because of the bulging when it's actually a diastasis. And even sometimes an MRI or a CAT scan doesn't, because if the connective tissue is very thin, doesn't really show and the doctor doesn't know until they go in. So they're going to look at other things like, is it um, very painful? Um, do you have stuff that pokes out that you have to push back in? Does it, um, is it discolored, hot? Does it make you nauseous? Those kinds of things. Those are all things that you really need the doctor to look at and to make sure that you don't have um, a serious tear there. Um, a tear can um, become life-threatening because if you're your uh, intestinal tract gets caught and um, kind of gets knotted in there, then it doesn't allow blood flow to go through there. And that can be very life-threatening. So we don't want to, you know, um, minimize the um, risk of a hernia. But often if a doctor has said, oh, that's a hernia, but we, we don't have to do a surgery on it. We, you know, it's up to you if you want to get it treated, then I would really start thinking, oh, I bet you this might be more like a diastasis because it doesn't seem to be an emergency, emergent need. So um, that that's just something to think about. Now, umbilical hernias is like when your belly button kind of goes from an innie to an outie or anything right around your navel starts to bulge out. So that's kind of a different situation. It, you can have a tear at your umbilical area, but I would say what we most commonly see is that what we call a detached umbilicus. So when you're born, when all of us are born, our, um, we all have a diastasis. We all have a separation in our abdominal wall where our umbilical cord goes through to attach to the placenta. And so after birth, you know, they cut that off and knot it up and your body starts to retract your umbilical cord and kind of pull it in. At the same time, the diastasis closes typically. So there are some conditions where it doesn't close right away, but it, it, it closes and your umbilical, um, your umbilicus kind of tethers down, it kind of scar tissues down and gives most people um, an any belly button. So that scar tissue, that tether that kind of holds your belly button in and kind of gives you the integrity of your little any belly button, if you have um, a pretty significant diastasis where that connective tissue that the scar tissue is attached to stretches and stretches and stretches and there's a lot of pressure out, then sometimes your belly button can pop and pop out and that tether can either fully or partially detach. Partially detached is kind of where you have like a half inny, half outy, um, but fully detached is where your belly button just pokes out all the time. Um, there are times that as we heal the diastasis and the connective tissue gets stronger, it actually you realize your belly button actually wasn't detached. There was just nothing for the tether to kind of stay connected to because connective tissue is so thin and you can have more of an any belly button. But if it was fully detached and it kind of tore and now your belly button is not connected to the connective tissue, it really doesn't matter. Like we can still hear your di heal your diastasis and close it, but you might be left with an outie belly button because that scar tissue doesn't reattach. Um, so that's that's the difference or a little bit of information about the umbilical hernia that people often need to know about. Um, 
Okay, so last thing I want to share about diastasis is exercise and fitness because so many people will say, hey, I, um, I, you know, can I do this exercise? Can I do that exercise? Um, should I be doing these exercises? What exercises should I do? So we do, in our rehab process, give you exercises. Um, they are rehab in nature to balance out the difference between your internal muscles and your external muscles um, and really making those internal muscles um, as functionally relevant as possible. What that means is when I exercise the muscle, it needs to go immediately into how that muscle works in my daily life. All right. So that's different than just doing um, a random set of crunches or planks or squats, right? It's, it's, it's less about the exercise and more about why we're extra, why we're reconnecting to a certain muscle and asking it to do its job functionally. So, um, there are certain exercises that are very negative to helping your diastasis heal and often are contributing to you having a diastasis crunches and sit-ups any crunch-like movement um, or exercise that bends you and rounds you and pushes out your belly is going to cause the diastasis to press out and stay stretched out, and it can cause a diastasis. Planks, um, yes, if you're doing them effectively and you're untucking your tail, you're not rounding your back and bulging your tummy out, they might be okay, but in most cases, if you have a diastasis, the pressure of your organs on that weak connective tissue in any kind of hands and knees push-up or plank position can really make it difficult for the diastasis to heal. Um, and any kind of holding your breath, bulging your tummy, kind of pushing out on your stomach, straining with exercises can make it very difficult. We really teach you how to exhale and engage on the effort of exercises. That's difficult to do if you can't feel where that muscle is in the first place. But we need that foundation in place before you really push yourself with fitness. Fitness is a challenge and a challenge needs a solid foundation. So we need to give you that foundation first which is part of the reason why we call our programs Core Foundations, Core Foundations for Men. Um, but also some things, exercises that might consistently put you in um, a flared rib position where you're kind of pushing your rib cage out that pulls apart the abdominal wall or in a tucked pelvis, tucking your bum under kind of puts you in a, a lower abdominal crunch all the time. You see this in ballet, um, but you also see it in other workouts where they'll say, tuck your tail under before you lift to engage your core. And it really, um, it's engaging your glutes and your rectus abdominis, but it actually sets your pelvis in a position where your transverse abdominis, your corset can't activate effectively. So those exercises are things that we want you to avoid. And we spend a lot of time educating you on that. Um, and, and then, you know, a lot of times people will say, like, I, you know, I was told that I can never run again, I can never swim again, I can't play golf again, I can't do tennis. There's a couple of exercises that people have been told that are no-nos ever after you have a diastasis. And what I have found um, in working with people for over 10 years at this point um, in this specifically is it's less about any specific exercise and it's much more about the form and the connection and coordination of your core when you're doing that exercise. Um, 
I was told I'm a competitive swimmer and I was told that swimming would make my diastasis worse, especially if I was a backstroker or a butterflyer, which ironically, I'm a backstroker and a butterflyer because they flare the ribs. Um, And I just had to retrain myself to engage my core and get increased range of motion in my shoulders so that I did not excessively flare my ribs. And I have kept my diastasis, which was a six finger wide diastasis. I've kept it closed Um, at one finger and strong for the last eight years competitively swimming, including butterfly and backstroke on a regular basis. So I've helped people return to tennis, return to golf, um, return to running. Um, It's all about form, connection, and coordination. So um, you might have to slow down, back up, and retrain some of your muscle memory to have better form because you need to recruit your core and your pelvic floor and you know, anchor your ribs and kind of use your body more effectively. But in the end, you're going to go back into your sport with a with much better um, strategies, and you'll be able to do your your sport pain free for longer. Okay, so those are kind of um, a lot of things that people ask a lot about diastasis. I probably could talk about diastasis for a whole nother hour easily, um, but I feel like that should help a lot of you kind of get to um, kind of the nitty gritty of what's important to understand about this this condition, diastasis recti. And we have a lot more information on our website and we'd love to help you um, kind of get to the bottom of it. But more than anything, I just want you to have hope and, um, and be encouraged that your body has the capacity to heal, that this is Um, more common than you think, just because the information out there hasn't caught up with how common it is. We're working on that. And we would love for you to help spread the word so that this isn't such, um, it doesn't seem like such a negative thing when you get this diagnosis. Yes, it's a, it's a bummer. It sucks, but it's treatable and it's treatable pretty, um, uh, inexpensively and with, um, a pretty, it, we're not asking you to do crazy things. We're, we're these, this is a doable treatment plan for anybody at any stage in their life. And, um, we may need to modify some things specifically for you, but for the most part, most of our clients do very well with our step-by-step approach to treating diastasis. So that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for supporting the tummy team. And I would love for you to, you know, leave us a review or rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today at the tummy team journey podcast. The tummy team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow The Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.